Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Tank Chat. As you can see, uh, this episode we have Eugene back with us. Hi, uh, it's good to be back. I mean, Nick wasn't so bad. You know, he yeah, he showed good. us some really cool stuff, or talked about some really cool yeah. stuff about the film industry. So, well, glad to be back. Um, hopefully, we'll have more of those interviewees yeah. joining us in the future. Yep. Cool. So, um, uh, well, I guess what's the topic for today? Uh, we are going to be talking about 3D printing in automotives. Okay, but I think before we're getting there, uh, we wanted to do a bit of a recap because yes. a couple weeks ago we heard uh, in Dubai yep. they finished printing or building, printing, building, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the world's largest, uh, I guess, structure uh, 3D printing. Yeah. Yeah, I think they said it was an office building. Yeah, 6,900 square feet in 17 days. Uh, of printing and then the remainder 48 hours of actual finishing construction. Yeah. So the human labor portion got cut down by a significant amount. Yeah. Right. What well, was the cost of that? Uh, I think it was almost $140,000 USD. Oh. So for I mean, a 6,900 square feet place, I think that's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I, would say, yeah. I would say sign me up. I mean, given the fact that we're in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the housing prices here are expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that technology like this is coming around, really mm-hmm. cool, really awesome. Um, we did hear that there was a significant cost reduction, though, yeah. uh, both for, I guess, uh, the parts and labor? Parts and labor uh, by 50%, and that's quite a bit. That is quite a bit. So, I mean, imagine this home, if it's 140000 what would it be normally? I mean, I mean, well, we'll just double it, right? Yeah, double it. 280,000 or 50% of that, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I think, you know, that maybe we'll kind of jump back into that a little bit more. I mean, yeah. that's just one element of what we saw just recently. Mm-hmm. And I think there will be more of that as, as things develop. Yeah. Um, I think I saw some photos of it. I'm pretty sure Andy will put some overlays here yeah. with, with regards to the house. It looks, it looks pretty nice. Yeah. They mm-hmm. did actually, in fact, put rebars. Oh, rear front, like I saw the photos. There were reinf- uh, reinforcing bars actually inside the actual uh, structure, yeah. so it's not. Um, you know, I'm assuming it's somewhat code, if not up to code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it is up to code, then um, I mean, yeah, that's that's what we need in order for that industry to really start mm-hmm. adopting a technology like this. So I think that's really cool. Hmm. Well, I guess uh, let's go back to uh, automotives. Um, onto the topic of the day. Yeah. Uh, automotives. Um, there's a lot actually in this industry. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think back or way back in. 2014, we started to see some, and then 2016 with uh, local motors. Yeah, local motors, and I guess their car is Strati. Project car. Project. I, I, uh, I think. Concept. Concept car, yeah, prototype. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of other um, man, car manufacturers have come up with concept cars mm-hmm. that are 3D printed, but yeah. I guess um, whether or not it was fully 3D printed wasn't just a render. Um, yeah, well, I think we have to. Story. I think we have to keep in mind that three D printing is used across industry for prototyping, and yeah. that still stays true mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking about are kind of the more forward thinking projects mm-hmm. that are either I wouldn't say one offs or at least their concept ideas to really allow the industry to think about their approach. Yes. To manufacturing their products. Uh, so yeah, Strati was a really cool product. Local Motors was a really cool uh, company. Yeah, they were a company. Arizona based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this car, 
was like a giant FDM printed. Yes. Um, so FDM is just like any of the tabletop 3D printing technologies yeah. that we can find out there. So you put plastic, a pump, a layer of plastic building all the way up until you get your actual finished product. Yeah. And instead of it being, you know, 0.3 millimeter uh, diameter width, mm. this thing is probably Huge. like 10 millimeters yeah. uh, in terms of a single pass. So yeah. it's printing this giant object really quickly. Yeah. I think it was 44 hours, 44, yeah. 45 40, hours. Yeah. Um, to get this. 75% of the body, yeah. or actually no, I guess 75% of the, the car, which is mostly the yeah. body. Yeah, well, the, 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 the tires and the seats and everything weren't printed yet. Those were put in, but the right. main body frame of the car is uh, 3D printed. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, the aesthetics of the 3D printed layers was a bit of a turnoff for you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, you know, the aesthetics portion of, of the vehicle, I mean, you get to see the layers, right? It, yeah. They're really thick, they're really big. Um, and they didn't post-process the, the, the final result. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a charm to that. You think slightly differently. Well, there, there's gaps and holes. And it's just as a finished product, I was not very... <laughs> well, I think, you know what? I think it's a proof of concept. I mean, the 3D printed home will have those layers too. The cars will have those layers too. Um, from I the mean, consumer side, I can see yeah. it being um, yeah. something that not everyone will enjoy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take that long to post-process right. um, those parts, I would, I would guess. Yeah. Um, so they did think about some of the the the, um, the important elements of what the body of the car is supposed to do. So it's supposed to protect the driver yes. and the passenger. And so the material choice they did for Strati, 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 was a carbon fiber infused ABS material yeah. uh, printed via the FDM method. Um, I don't know. I think it was a two-seater. It was a two-seater, so two-seater yes. roaster type of yeah. Um, uh, car. It was a convertible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess um, it was. Well, it didn't have a real no top. No top. Yeah, a uh, speedster. Speedster. We'll call it that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, the electronics and the motors and everything got put in later. It was yeah. an electric vehicle, as yes. far as I can yes. understand. No combustion engine inside mm, of PL yeah. or ABS printed. Yeah. I don't shop. think you want that. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Um, they were in twenty. They were around in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, we did a bit of research on Strati. I think the project uh, is no longer around. Yeah, I don't think so. I was uh, reading up on Local Motors' uh, website, and they actually haven't said anything about Strati ever since twenty sixteen. So, and, were, are they focusing on something else then? Uh, they are. They're actually focusing on this new thing called Ollie, and it's like a it, it's a bus. Um, with no drivers, so it's a uh, autonomous vehicle. Yes, it's autonomous vehicle that picks people up around like a campus kind of thing. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, the project probably. I mean, the project had some legs, but uh, you know, I think if they did some market research, I mean, there are individuals that love the aesthetics and that don't, and so you know, <laughs> maybe the market just simply wasn't big enough. But yeah. I think the idea of this three D printed shell uh, is not limited to just local motors. I mean, we talked yeah. about. Um, the, the 3D printed boat. Yeah, the boat. Uh, which is the same concept. Mostly mm. 3D printed actual um, structure and then the, the electronics and the motors. Everything was put in afterwards. Put in after. So, yeah. you know, I think that idea, that concept will still stick around. Maybe mm. a little bit of post-processing will make it go a little bit further in the consumer yeah. market in the long run. Well, at least for consumers like me. Right. I think <laughs> I'll love it, but I wouldn't want to clean it. All the little crevices would be difficult. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Um, they also, they actually, one more thing is they also said that this 3D printing, even with FDM technology, 
in the article, it actually said that it could be stronger than uh, what we have right now and safer right. for the drivers. Yeah, I mean, like, carbon fiber yeah. is a very strong, I want to call it core material. Yeah. Um, but we know FDM uh, structurally is not very strong right. upon impact, if, uh, especially. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what will happen in terms of regulations uh, on a, you know, there was no um, crash test done yeah. on strategy. Yeah. And so, you know, would it, would it end up being, you know, shards of ABS flying towards the driver? Or, I mean, those are questions, those are genuine questions yeah. that we as an industry need to think about. I mean, it's really great to push forward thinking mm. uh, and ideas, but I mean, we got to distill them back a little bit and yeah. think about uh, people yeah. and how they're going to use it yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, that's strategy. Uh, yeah. We also did a whole bunch of research on, I want to call it surrounding uh, infrastructure stuff. Yeah. So we found a company called HRE. They're a California-based company, and they make car rims. Yeah. Uh, no rims. Rims. Wheels. Yeah. And uh, they had a project called HRE Three D Plus that they did in collaboration with G Additive Works. Yep. Uh, is that what they're called? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're Additive Works, and they built a multi-spoke, uh, multi-spoke, multi-part. Yeah. Rim that then got assembled into this final rim um in a, in a carbon fiber barrel, barrel. Um, yeah looking thing. yeah really cool yeah. though i mean the, the shapes the form i think they're more looking at it from a structural form perspective because you actually couldn't achieve what they are trying to do with traditional manufacturing the way that mm -hmm. the the actual structure weaved in it in, in and in, out of in it and out, yeah. yeah that would be really difficult if not super costly um yeah to do it through like, well if you think about it, it's like Traditional manufacturing will be, will be trying to shave off from a block of material, right? Yeah. And just from the interweaving, that would be very hard for a machine. Well, even the turning of the actual part, getting the bit into yeah. spaces. I mean, they did point out the waste reduction mm -hmm. of this uh, wheel that they were building. Uh, it went from like an eighty percent waste uh, yeah. out of a single block uh, uh, CNC subtractive yeah. um, mm -hmm. wheel down to uh, five percent waste that's, and then even then they recycled yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a lot of that that's quite a reduction well yeah i mean i think in a world of like you know looking at our impact mm -hmm. uh, companies can also utilize that to evaluate with this process is worth going down yeah um, and then you know if you look at the longer term of this technology and it's coming down in price, mm -hmm. this then becomes viable for a lot of different components. Yeah. Not just this one-off concept wheel, which right now probably costs a ton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now, it won't be that expensive anymore. Well, I mean, just from the, I, yeah, it should go down in price if you think about it this way. The waste reduction got uh, re reduced from 80% to 5%. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that also mean you can carve more than one, amount of part from the, the same block, uh, same block of uh, titanium material? Well, I guess they're not really carving, right? They're, there's oh, powder materials, yes. but they could recycle and they could yeah. be used. And I mean, if the parts are super light and super well optimized for design, yeah. then they can actually get more, more parts. out of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, there's many ways to evaluate something like what HRE is trying to do mm -hmm. um, uh, with their product. Yeah. Um, but it just requires a single person inside to think about some of these 
these elements, right? Yeah. Um, and there isn't that many people that can and have really spent some time to think about well, it. Well, it's, it's a it, new field. Yeah, it's a new field. It's hard to jump out of your comfort zone. Right. And 3D printing technology technically, well, technically, it's still new to a lot of people. Right. A lot I mean, of it is. still hasn't really taken it and put it into their workflow. Yeah, it is a 25-year-old technology for some of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's only think, become affordable in right, a couple of years. Right. I think it's partially because of, I mean, the desktop push, for yeah. sure. But, uh, I mean, if you think about how long it's taken for it to get here, there's just simply not enough professionals that really are in the mm -hmm. industry yeah. that has either both touched the, the tech yeah. or come with a background that from that from that yeah and i think a partnership like uh, what hr did with our hre did with uh g additive works is really smart yeah because they tapped into a group of people that understood um yeah. the technology that they were using which is i think ebm it's yeah so ebm technology um electro beam melting i think it's what yeah. it's called is very similar to sintering yeah uh okay. in that it uses like an energy source to melt powder yeah uh instead of a laser okay uh, so they're relative they're, they're basically the same, I would yeah, say. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. If we want to distill it down to, to like layman's terms, the end result of both is, is the same. Is similar, if yeah. not close to the same. And um, I mean, this, this thing was built of titanium yeah. um, alloy uh, of sorts. We don't mm -hmm. actually know the formulation yeah. of it, but yeah. strong enough to withstand impacts on the road, yeah. to hold up your car, um, and just forward pushing, right? Yeah. Carbon fiber barrel. I mean, this is a new, you know, new potentially a new type of mm -hmm. rim that we haven't seen before. Well, also on the website, these rims were fitted on a McLaren. Oh, okay. So <laughs> they're going on to really expensive yeah, vehicles. I don't know if we'll ever see it in more common cars. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, maybe in the near future. Right. Um, okay. So kind of going from there, HRE doing the uh, super cool titanium rims to a vehicle that we found uh, i think they're down in uh california maybe the u.s yeah. somewhere yeah uh they're called seizinger and yeah. uh well they make a hypercar yeah they made a hypercar yeah. 17 million dollars 1.7 oh 1.7 <laughs> oh my uh, bad <laughs> they're 1.7 uh and it's actually um they didn't do fully 3d printed for everything they picked and chose what uh, would work for them and yeah. Most of the actual 3D printing was done on the subframe. Yeah. So you no, know, they utilized both carbon fiber rods, extruded aluminum rods, uh, titanium, titanium yeah. uh, 3D printing, and they picked and chose where it was best utilized. So a lot yeah. of it was uh, in the sus suspension yeah. uh, linkage. And so yeah. if you look at some of the linkage um, that they've actually done, it was like really super organic. Yeah, um, it was very organic. Uh, and you know those were mostly out of aluminum mm -hmm. some parts were out of titanium yeah. where it was needed they so they chose the material for the application yeah and uh yeah no a lot of it was also done via computers yeah so well the, fir the first prototype is still um drawn by design mm -hmm. uh, and then afterwards they utilized the uh, computers to actually um they set like values for it, um, what they wanted. So then it, the computer would generate a new model that would reduce the amount of materials used, reduce weight and everything. So it came up with a more organic design. Yeah. I think they called it a bionic design, right? Yeah. Well, bionic design, generative engineering, biomimicry, yeah. 
all based around the idea of following what mother nature has done for the yeah. last x amount of years mm. billions of years and uh looking at our bone structures as an inspiration yeah. for how to optimize uh for strength and weight yeah and so you know what you just talked about of an engineer or a designer designing it by hand mm -hmm. they took everything they learned about what the structure should look yeah. like and should do and then they fed it into this um generative engineering software that spat yeah. out yeah uh, a, a design that was similar but really really optimized based on the yeah. load that it was going to see yeah um one thing that that scared me was they were talking about the the process of making that part was at the start it took two weeks for a team of people mm -hmm. to come up with the design and then afterwards with the main design the computer took two minutes right. to come up with the final product right that had the weight reduction the material reduction everything like that and it was just scary I think it's really cool though. I mean, you know, talk about looking for optimizations and efficiencies in business. Yeah. I mean, there's always this talk about, are we going to, you know, kill jobs? Yeah. Right. Are these advanced technologies going to remove jobs? And, and I think the better mindset and the mind frame to get into the topic like this is it's actually shifting the job market from something that is more labor intensive mm -hmm. to something that is more creative and about what humans are really good at. Yeah, which is that inherent nature of the the mind that we have allows us that allows us to you know create innovations that we've never seen yeah. before. Creativity, uh, and then letting the tools that we have access to help us get there quicker and yeah. innovate faster, right? Uh -huh. And so, it, you know, while for some I definitely agree it's scary. My job is on the line due yeah. to these you know uh, softwares that's going to you know do optimization mm -hmm. for me, but that just means you can actually spend more of your time creating in, the, yeah in the creation so you actually yeah. get to do more creation and less on mm -hmm. the actual physical thing yeah so i think that's smart um i think that the company actually had a, a an initiative at the beginning or at least at the end of their mm -hmm. vehicle to get the car's weights down to uh the, the same as the power output of the vehicle so oh. this kind of magical number in the vehicle or the automotive industry of one-to-one -one weight ratio yeah is magical supposedly mm -hmm. uh, and they did uh, through optimizations and choices of material and the fabrication process using 3d printing they got the power to weight ratio down to one to one so wow. 120 1250 kilograms to 1250 horsepower yeah. in the vehicle I mean that's astounding if, mm -hmm. if you think about vehicles of normal prices I mean yeah. we're 300 yeah right yeah. and they're 3,000 pounds yeah this yeah. thing is this thing is a lot lighter and a, a lot, lot lighter and a lot, a lot more powerful, powerful yeah yeah, but this is a hypercar, so yeah. you know, one point seven million U.S. dollars, I assume. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we may not see that technology trickle down yet. Yeah. Or maybe ever. Or, or maybe in the near future. I would love to see a generative design vehicle, though. Again, aesthetics will come into play at that point. Yeah. Maybe we'll find some stuff. In the you know, maybe we can find some stuff that showcases that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it we'll, yeah we'll, we'll think about we'll it look into it <laughs> um bugatti uh some of you get you guys may know about the company bugatti yeah. is a is a vehicle uh, manufacturing company i think they also do like jet engines or sort of uh, yeah. Engines. yeah 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 but bugatti the actual car division maybe that's yeah. a better way to put it um the car known to have 1000 horsepower yeah <laughs> uh well the fastest car at, at some point in yeah in the history in of history, automobiles yeah um they also did a project on 3d printing with around uh the brake calipers so the yeah. thing that actually stops your, your vehicle yeah uh was it for weight reduction i think there's probably a certain element of weight reduction yeah, but weight also reduction, cooling yeah. yeah and cooling um, 
So in high performance vehicles, uh, cooling is a significant yeah. uh, component of, of the car's performance. And uh, if you use your brakes too much, you get a thing called brake fade. Yes. And so that means your brake stops working. Yeah. So when you're stepping on it, you're like, I'm not slowing down. Yeah. And so more <laughs> cooling to the brakes, the yeah. better it is. Um, and so, you know, if you look at your car, a lot of mm. the times the, the actual brakes are covered in this giant yes. metal clamp yes. on the shell of the design. Um, if we can actually allow more air to get to it, the faster it cools down, the, the faster. more performance. Yeah. Gets. So this one was designed um, by Bugatti to, I guess, repeatedly stop the car from triple digit um, speeds. Speeds. <laughs> speeds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, cooling down was a huge factor for him. Yeah. Looking at the shape and the design of it, it's very similar to uh, what we saw in the Seasinger. Yeah. With their suspension components. Yeah. 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 Um, they were very careful in material selection, though, because brakes go through really high temperatures when you're yeah. going from, you know, yeah. 300 kilometers down mm -hmm. to zero. And yeah, you need a really, a really strong material. Yeah. So they chose titanium. Um, again, titanium alloy. We don't know which alloy mm -hmm. they, yeah. they chose exactly uh, for its heat resistance and lightness. Yeah. Uh, and then they again use uh, biomimicry and or bionic design yeah. uh, or uh, generative engineering. Uh, we don't really know which one they yeah. take. Um, for getting that organic shape, uh, mm -hmm. they, they dictated the shape, yeah. maybe the stress points, and then they put the load on the, 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 the part inside simulation. And then the software did all the yeah. design all work. All the design work, yeah. Uh, for optimizing. Mm -hmm. um, I think part. The time it took to print was also really, really quick. Like 40, 40, 45 hours. Actually, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I personally, I don't know, actually. How, how long does it actually take to create a brake caliper today? Like, well, uh, well, it depends. I think high performance uh, vehicles, um, uh, the ones that utilize, uh, there's a brand out there called Brembo. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have casted single piece aluminum or even billet aluminum yeah. machined. Yeah. So all that machine time, I mean, probably the Bugatti ones took longer, to be honest. Uh -huh. I think they, they well, I guess did. it's a prototype. So, well, concept, prototype. concept, prototype. Yeah. It's actually usable. They did fit it onto, uh, yeah. retail cars. Actually yeah. it's, you know, you, I mean, it's going to cost I mean, really, really. Well, I'll just show you a video of it being tested. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, crazy to see the sparks yeah. coming out, yeah. but. Um, from a cost perspective, I don't think they are going to come out winning, um, <laughs> yeah. with regards to the sheer volume of calipers that they're going to be building, uh -huh. um, but also just the technology they're choosing and what they're trying to do. And also the actual brand value of said vehicle. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just not going to be a cheap caliper you can buy mm -hmm. off the shelf to put into yeah. your car if you like yeah. the design and looks right. But, um, I would say 45 hours is reasonable well I, I if you think about it it's less than two days for well, a brake caliper i mean if you think about it from a prototyping perspective i mean 45 hours for a turnaround to test, your, fast, yeah. to test your concept and then to actually then to be able to do that multiple times if you yeah. failed the first yeah. design normally back then versus two weeks two weeks three weeks yeah. retooling yeah and then retooling probably another two weeks yeah so, yeah I, I guess yeah if you think about it that way yeah 45 hours for a brake caliper, a working brake caliper is actually pretty fast. It is. Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about efficiency in turnaround in business, yeah. right? And I mean, if we can all get to innovation faster yeah, and we can then get to market faster, yeah, there's a win across the board yeah. for the business. Yeah. Right. So, 
you know, I think we're seeing a ton of these little projects inside every industry. Yeah. Um, automotive is a natural fit. I think uh, I have a, a good friend go to the Ford um, uh, production plant, uh-huh. and he got to see them use uh, the carbon 3D printers. And, you know, they were printing manifolds and intake manifolds. Oh, wow. Um, actually fitting them into the cars. Uh-huh. And... So, you know, this thing is starting to trickle into things that we may touch on a day-to-day basis. But what we talked about, I think, were more concept-ish projects. Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, Seasinger is selling their vehicles, right? Bugatti is putting it into Mm -hmm. their cars. So, you know, they are a little bit more luxury in terms of price point today. (laughs) Um, But as technology gets better, faster, cheaper we will start to see some yeah. of that in our hands. Yeah. Well, I think right now, just from all these examples that we just talked about, um, 3D printing and design thinking really go hand in hand. No, right? every single one of those organizations had one person who could think outside the box, if not a group of people. Yeah. Right? Um, every single person, uh, sorry, every single organization had a person or a group of people that understood the capabilities of 3D printing. And then if they didn't, they mm-hmm. accessed a group of people yeah. that did. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the process of design thinking is still there. Though. Right. That's they have correct. The idea, they have to create the prototype, test it out. Well, even just imagining beyond what they have today. Mm-hmm. I mean, design thinking is one of those things where you think about what challenge you're trying to tackle. Yeah. And you're yeah. trying to go beyond what we have now, yeah. right? And that allows for, well, really great ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the heat problem for brake calipers has been around for yeah. decades. Yeah. And, you know, it took somebody at Bugatti to think about, well, yeah. we can open up and make a whole bunch of pores around the, the brakes to help cool it. Yeah. Help cool it. Yeah. But we also can't lose rigidity, right? And yeah. so uh, the constraints were built around it, mm-hmm. the project, and then they yeah. went and executed on that. And that's what mm-hmm. design thinking does for you. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's, I think it's perfect with 3D printing. <laughs> well, well the 3D printing technology. The technology lends yeah. itself to agility, right? Yeah. And uh, design thinking, it's all about agility. Yeah. So trial, test, trial, test until you get to you a place. You get a final product where, or you, get... where you solve your solution. That's right. I mean, you solve your problem. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, that's everything we have for today. We actually have more topics uh, regarding the automotive industry, but um, we'll probably talk about it next episode. Um, a couple episodes later. Or a couple episodes later. Yeah. Um, we were going to be talk about, uh, I mean, talking about uh, motorcycles, mm-hmm. 3D printing and motorcycles. Um, but uh, we'll leave this episode with just cars this time. Yeah, I think it would have otherwise gotten too long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring the, the motorcycle aspect of the automotive industry into play in another mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you enjoyed this one, let us know in the comments below mm-hmm. if you have comments or topics that you want us to yeah. explore. Um, yeah. Let us know as let well. Let us know as well. Yeah. So um, if you enjoyed it, uh, remember to subscribe with the red button below and click the bell button mm-hmm. so that uh, every time we release an episode, you'll find out, you'll be the first one to find out. And if you don't have time to watch a video, you can also listen to our uh, podcast on uh, Anchor and Spotify. Right. Um, they're both free. So, um, yeah. I think that's um, it. Mm-hmm. Thanks we'll for joining us today. Yeah. Or, yeah. Next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.